Welcome back to Gin Welcome Topic. Welcome back to Welcome Gin back to Gin and Topic. If you've forgotten, I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And we drink gin. And we don't know anything. <laughs> but it's okay, because we've got a load more experts. We've got some really cool topics, and we're going to find out about them. Yeah, while drinking gin. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So, our last episode of Series 2 is with Dr. Nickel Mystery. That is a great last know, name. Oh is my it? God. I mean, great name all round, but... So, Dr. Nickel is a research fellow at the National Oceanography Centre. Well, that's probably not right, but anyway, <laughs> let's, let's glaze over that. Oceanography. Centre. So to do with oceans. Oceanography. Oceanography. We could be here all day with you trying to pronounce this. (laughs) Oceanography. Oh, for fuck's sake. I got there. Okay, good. Okay, so he's a research fellow at the National Oceanography Centre at the University of Southampton. Okay, I know Southampton. Not well, but I know it. Okay, so National Oceans. Yeah. We're on sound science. Right. Okay. And we've got a couple of questions because we couldn't decide. Okay. Ready? Go on. So, question for you. Mm-hmm. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody is there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, surely technically, yes, because surely the sound waves are still produced. I'm just not hearing them. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. Because other things would hear them. Yeah. Animals critters something yeah earwigs if they have ears oh earwigs freak me out earwigs with big ears oh don't that's love freaky. that don't that's love a nightmare that. waiting anyway, to happen anyway. okay here's the second question okay does a duck's quack echo surely it depends where the duck's quacking i know if it's in an echoey place yes if it's just in the middle of an open space maybe not Underwater? Do they quack underwater? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know actually what constitutes a good echo. Because you can clap. I thought you were going to say what constitutes a quack and I was about to make a quack noise for you. <laughs> oh, go on then. Fuck no. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we're going to be looking at sound. So what do we know about sound? Never been overly what do you interested. remember from school? Don't really. I just remember being taken to our big school um, playing fields and one person had in, having to stand way, way, and way. Yell. No, yeah, well, no, they had to clap. Oh, that's even And worse. then we had to measure the difference between seeing the clap mm-hmm. and hearing the clap. A bit like thunder. That's what I remember. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hate thunder. One elephant, two Absolutely elephant, hate thunder. Three elephant. Makes me want to shit my pants. I generally don't tend to like loud noises unless they are from a band I've paid money to see in concert. Generally, loud noises make me cry. So what do you know about the sound of science? Fuck all. Do you remember slinkies? And being shown how waves move with a slinky. Oh, God, why would you bring back the repressed memories of a science classroom? (laughs) Anything that happened in GCSE, all of it's repressed. All of it. I think ages 10 to probably 18 are just repressed. I do repressed. like a slinky, though. 
love a slinky. I like making it go up and downstairs. No, yeah. just downstairs. Can't it? it can't go can't up, go just up. down. It's a clever one if it can. Jin, have uh, you got one? Yes, uh, I was just keeping it cool. I've not opened it yet. I thought I thought I'd wait for it like now to be like a special thing. Brilliant! I I took the plastic off, but that's as far as I got. I'm excited about this one because my housemate. So normally I'm in Bristol with my housemate, and she loves Monkey Forty Seven. Yeah, just I've the normal. Never one. Tried. Had the, the I've never one. tried the normal one. I've tried it once a long time ago in a bar and I cannot remember it because it was quite a few drinks deep I'll be honest but I've never tried the slow one I'm I'm really excited <laughs> I am and I love the sort of stamp mm-hmm. label yeah um and the their website is both fascinating fabulous and bloody horrible <laughs> yeah because I-, I don't know if you've been there but it's it's a newspaper Right. Yeah. So you can't find anything. Okay. It is annoying. It is annoying. And also, I th- I went on there thinking, oh, I could probably just like buy, um, buy it from their website directly. But no. Oh. Okay. I'm being shown the newspaper. Yeah. That is. It's just a bit I confusing. Mean... It's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But it was just. Um, <laughs> I, I really like Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my closest friends is actually, he works in Stuttgart and the Black Forest is right near there. So this this they mm. get berries, their slow berries are from the Schwarzwald, which is like, oh. I just thought it was really cool. I just thought That is really cool. So it's this this is actually distilled in Germany. So we're talking Monkey 47, we're talking slow gin. Oh, there oh, it yeah. is. Yeah, we've got to do that, don't we? We have to do like that. Oh. It wasn't as impressive. <laughs> Every so time what are you what are you doing with your Monkey 47 slow gin? I'm just drinking it as is. As neat. Yeah, I'm drinking it neat. Are we doing a long? I want a long because okay, so here's the thing. I want to be a neat gin drinker. I yeah. really do. But I'm not. I'm not a neat. I, I have a couple of sips. I'm like, oh, that's. And then I go, no, I need to slow down. But you can do that with slow gin because it just just tastes like juice. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> so we're going to do one of each. Oh, okay. We'll sample each I'm going to do a long. Okay. No. No. Other You're going to do a long. I'm going to do a long. I'm going to do a neat. Can I take a sip of your neat? You may. Thank you very Absolutely. Much. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, it's got a froth on it, hasn't it? Ooh. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say it. It's not as sweet. You know what? It kind of, um, it tastes a little bit like the smell of a lush shop. You know when you walk into lush and all the bath bombs hit you? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting really sweet, but it's not, and I quite like that. Um, it's not. Nice. I've had like other slow gins. I mean, like, if you have like the Gordon's one, it is just super, super sweet. You know okay, what? so I have to confess, I hate slow gin. Oh no, oh. I'm so sorry. You should have told me because of exactly the reason. It's sweet. It's cloying. It's all fruit, and it's horrible. Mm. Yeah, I like this. It's really, it's yeah. really not very sweet. Nice. It's lovely. 
Well, try that long. Well, I'm going to try. I it. think I will. It's quite bloody delicious long as well. I do. I have to say, I do get a bit of an aftershave taste. Interesting. Which I think is connected with the your lush. lush. Mm. But see, I think because I would quite happily live in lush for a short amount of time <laughs> if I could, I'm okay with that. I'm having it long. Uh-huh! <laughs> <laughs> You prefer the diluted version, yeah? No, I like it neat, but that is really good. And I wish you had let me bring orange. I didn't tell you not to. Is yeah, it one orange, yeah. I think it'd be lovely oh, with a I, slice of orange. It'd just be like everything. a cold mulled wine, basically. Yes. Yeah. Like That's an iced tea, is. but a mulled wine version. That's what it reminds me of, iced tea. Yeah. I love yes. that idea, an iced mulled wine. Oh, there's so many things I can compare it to now. Superb. Well, welcome. Mm. Ah, well, thanks for having me. Let's start at the very beginning. So we've asked the questions and our answers are... With trepidation. With trepidation. Because I don't ever want to think that I actually may have some sort of knowledge because I'm aware that I don't. Um, no, we just make it up as we, we, make go, it up along. As we go along. So our our <laughs> thoughts that if a tree falls in the wood, does it make and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Yes, but nobody records it. And then we're imagining earwigs with really big ears. No, you were. I didn't want to go down that path because no, I think that's, that's fucking creepy. <laughs> but wait, with an earwig, I don't know what what is its listening mechanism. I don't know. I reckon. So if but I reckon, it, this one has really big ears. So I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, so in a roll doll book, that would probably work. Yeah. But yeah. but I think like bugs mostly use like vibrations and stuff. They feel their way around. So would they feel the tree hitting the ground? Yeah, for sure. You know, like a bird Ooh, stamps that's... its feet on the ground. It's doing yeah. that because it's forcing worms to come back up. So the worm goes like, oh, something's happening because it feels a vibration. Yeah, because they come out when it rains as well. So when the rain's hitting the ground. Or when you put washing up liquid. Oh, well, stop torturing worms then. (laughs) It's what I was taught at school. Um, Yeah, so all those vibrations. But is that not also sound Sound. waves? Yeah, yeah. Sound starts as a vibration. You need a vibration to make sound. Sound is a vibration through... um, whatever medium it's going through so this big tree hits the ground it vibrates the ground mm-hmm. and the ground vibrates and it acts like a, almost like a loudspeaker lying mm-hmm. on its side right mm-hmm. so if you get a slow-mo video of a loudspeaker it's vibrating back and forth yes and that's passing the vibration into the air so now when you look at the air when the loudspeaker pushes forward it's bunching up loads of air particles in front mm-hmm. of it Mm-hmm. And then that's passing on the energy to the air particles, air particles in front of itself. So now the first set of air particles are stretched out and the ones in front of it are squished together. And that keeps going on like a concertina effect, like a Mexican wave. Yeah. In the Mexican wave, you've got this bit where people are stood up yeah. and everywhere <laughs> else is flat. And that passes all the way along. And that's kind of what's happening when I speak and it goes through the air and reaches someone's ear on the other end, other end of the field. It is really cool. Have you seen the video where they put um, paint drops onto a speaker? Yeah. I've seen one where so they put... Cool. Um, and it all bounces You know the Nerds colors. Sweets? 
Oh, you have? Yeah, just to show that it was vibrating. But that's oh, the one okay, I've so seen. you could see little balls Yes, yeah, so you could see them down. sort of yeah. bounce around, yeah. And I think there was a guy trying to catch them in his mouth, but that was just for comedy entity. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, paint or like corn flour. Corn flour with water yes. is a really good one because it's, um, what's it called? Non-Newtonian fluid. So it does really cool things because if you pour that on a loudspeaker, you can see different parts jump up Jumping. and down. And that yeah. shows that when you're listening to music with different sounds and that one loudspeaker is making that sound, mm-hmm. it's not just moving backwards and forwards. The loudspeaker is moving in across the whole surface of the loudspeaker. Different parts are moving in different ways mm-hmm. to make all those different sounds. It. It's a combination of all those sounds okay. coming together to make the music that you listen to. So you can so look now at my brain's just that. wandering down the rabbit hole of like different music that our family listens to and how that might move differently. Yeah, exactly. We started at the point of saying we think a tree yep. falls and makes the sound. Yes. Yep. But whether somebody's there to notice it, who knows? We think that a duck's quack could echo, but we don't know what constitutes a sound that could echo. Oh, you put it so fancy. Right, my exact words were, well, surely it would have to be in an echoey place for it to echo. And then I wonder whether it needs to be an echoey sound, and we then didn't know. And then I got distracted by thinking about underwater sounds. That was about six points in one. Go where you will. (laughs) Well, that's interesting (laughs) because my my specialist field is underwater acoustics. Ooh. Yeah, and bubble acoustics. Bubble acoustics? Yeah. What's in the noises bubble, mate? Like bubbles? Uh, Yeah, yeah, precisely. (gasps) Um, That's so brilliant. But we we can get to that. We'll start with some of the other stuff. So the, the, the tree... No, the du- okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's start with the ducks. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit of a silly question because really, a duck's quack can echo if you've got an environment that it can echo in, right? So I was right. Yes. The only reason no one hears it echo is because it's just too quiet. Like mm. it, it, you have to remember that everything is energy. I know that sounds like you know the force. It's <laughs> <laughs> everything is made up of like everything can be kind of crudely defined as energy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the sound they make, they are putting energy into the air by mm. moving, you know, I don't know the mechanism through which they make sound, but um, they're putting energy into the air. When we speak, we're putting up, putting in enough energy to travel to the microphone mm-hmm. um, for it to pick it up and record it. When mm-hmm. I, if we were in a room together, two meters apart, Obviously. I would be able to <laughs> I'd be able to put enough energy into the air to get to your ears. So mm-hmm. put simply, the duck's quack is too quiet to travel to some far off distance where it can reflect off the surface and come back mm-hmm. for us to hear the echo. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you go to some small city centre and you clap your hands as hard as you can, you'll hear reflections from near you and maybe sometime later you'll hear a reflection from a building far away if you've clapped mm-hmm. hard enough. Well, no duck's going to quack that loud. So <laughs> basically, no one hears an echo, so they assume, oh, duck's quacks don't echo. It's just a silly But question. if you put a duck in a box... Well, why are you putting in a box, you animal torturer? Because then it would echo. Yeah, but I thought it was just a cat you put in a box. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. different science. Yeah. yeah, And don't put a cat in a duck <laughs> in a box. Don't put a cat in a duck. Jesus Christ, Sarah. That's a what new kind Christmas of roast. Experience? Yeah, that's I don't want to eat Christmas dinner here now. No. Okay, so a duck can echo mm-hmm. in the right place. 
So I'm I'm from the Uni of Southampton and we have the Institute of Sound and Vibration Research and we got some really cool chambers. One is an anechoic chamber where it's just got loads of foam wedges and they absorb sound. Ooh, I so bet I'd feel if, really safe in there. Uh it's quite unnerving. It would yeah, you wouldn't hear any You'd hear nothing. responses. Yeah, nothing. Okay, no, that could be quite scary. So so you eventually you would forget that you can't hear echoes. You'd be if you were doing some work in there and then soon enough it'd be it's so quiet you'd you'd hear like the blood flowing through your head and stuff um, or if you were if there were two of you in the room and you're in opposite sides of the room both face facing the walls mm-hmm. and you were talking you'd barely hear each other speak because most of the sound comes out your mouth and goes forward yeah. and it goes into those spikes and doesn't bounce back past you and back towards the person at the other end of the room so two things one, would you not hear the person moving so you could creep up on the other person? Okay, it's <laughs> terrifying that that's well, you where could, your mind really went. But, but you have to, because the room is covered in foam spikes everywhere, you can't really walk on the floor, so you have to put metal grating mm. on. Now suddenly you've introduced a reflective surface, the metal grating. Okay. So if you're walking on that, you would hear that Phew. creaking and stuff. Okay. But it is no it, killing it, it, it can you, be odd Sarah in there. Cruz. <laughs> Yeah, but the second but, one is then: is that the opposite to the whispering yeah. gallery in St Paul's? Oh, that's super cool! Because and you know how I know about that? Paddington Two. Mm, <laughs> We've taken yeah. you there, have you? When did you take Do you me there? Remember? No, as I told you, I've repressed most of my childhood. <laughs> many, many <laughs> years ago. So the whispering gallery in in St Paul's, you whisper on the wall, and you can yeah. hear it the other side. Mm-hmm. So is it yeah. kind of like the opposite of that? Yeah, so what that's doing is um if you look above you it's like a it's like a domed shaped, right? Yeah. So if someone stands in one corner, if they speak at the right angle, that sound goes if you imagine one ray of sound, so lines coming out of your mouth in lots of directions shows the direction that the sound travels. Mm-hmm. If we imagine one line coming out the middle of your mouth and it goes straight up to the ceiling, and because the ceiling's curved, it then reflects off wherever it hit it but then it kind of goes towards the center of the curve Mm -hmm. and then when it gets there it starts to reflect back down the other side of the curve it's the same Mm -hmm. way a satellite dish is curved it's Mm -hmm. called a parabolic dish that parabola shape it lets all the um radio frequency electromagnetic waves that it wants to pick up reflect Mm -hmm. into the middle where the sensor is Mm -hmm. and sends a signal to your tv so that's what's happening in that whispering gallery. Oh. It's bouncing off and going, bouncing around the curve back down to the other corner. So the opposite of the anechoic chamber, we have a reverberation chamber where reverberation is the way we describe reflections. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a lot of reverberation in a room, you have a lot of echoes. So that room is there to sustain those echoes. Mm-hmm. So visually, is that a bit like being in a room of mirrors? Yeah, so it, it's like, you know, for sound sound reflects off hard surfaces. Smooth, hard surfaces are really mm-hmm. good for reflections. Um, main, the main thing is a hard surface. Uh, smooth surfaces mean that the angle that the ray of sound hits the wall, it then bounces back off in the same angle mm-hmm. uh, that it entered. So, you know, if it, if it entered 45 degrees to the wall, then it would bounce off 45 degrees away. So in that reverberation chamber, there's these really large, hard walls, smooth surfaces. They're there to sustain those echoes. 
you want to do that when you're measuring how loud something can be. You want the energy mm-hmm. to build up and up. You don't want it to disappear into the foam spikes. So if you put a duck in that room, its <laughs> echo would probably last around 10 seconds. Oh, wow. That'd be yeah. a lot of cracking. So we can get echoes lasting up to 14 seconds. So we've got this duck, and yeah. if we put it in the first place, it can't hear anything that's going on. We can't, can't hear We can't movement. hear what it sounds, yeah, unless yeah. we were right next to it. Put it in the second place and suddenly that echoes crack is going to echo. Yeah. It's really interesting listening to echoes because it can tell you a lot about the space that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, a good example of this is whales, dolphins and bats. You know, they use oh, echolocation. I, did, I really stuff. like dolphins and I really love the way they do their little, I can't do an impression of it, but their, their little way of speaking, it sounds really cool. <laughs> I think it's really awesome. But the fact that it's all underwater and they're just sort of sending, it's it's vibrations again, right? To yeah. Each other. And, yeah. And you'll love this. So um, the dolphin, so the dolphin makes this sound. It, it Down the blowhole, there's some mm. vocal folds. We have vocal folds down here. If we all chopped our heads off, the sound that we make... Don't try this out. <laughs> yeah. We all have the same apparatus that we use to make sound. And it sound, and all our apparatus would... Is that the right word? Anyway, all of it, would, we'd all sound the same. They're just a series of Ooh. clicks for certain sounds and expulsions of air for other sounds. So like yeah. vowels would be expulsions of air, whereas mm. consonants are things like clicks and stuff. Ooh. And... What makes you sound different to everyone else is the shape of our heads, mm-hmm. um, the vocal tract inside. So it starts off as clicks and stuff, and it gets modulated, it gets modified by the shape of our vocal tract. Mm-hmm. We all have different shapes. We all have different nasal passages, mm-hmm. um, and that is what changes the way we sound. So if you got a nose job, could it affect your voice? Potentially, yeah. <sighs> It's a bit like the sound of like brass instruments, wind instruments. They all have different shapes. And so they all sound slightly different. How cool. For example, like uh, it's a clarinet. No, yeah, Mm. a clarinet and a flute. I think they're the same length. But because they have different shapes, they sound completely different. Mm. Right? So it's nothing to do with that length there. It's to do with the way one, for a clarinet, it's, it's essentially closed at one end where the reed is and it's open at the other end. Whereas mm. for a flute, it's it's open all the way throughout. Mm-hmm. And so it changes the way it, it sounds. For a dolphin, mm. it's got this blowhole. And then halfway down, there are these vo- there's vocal folds. Um, they're actually, uh, f- there's a French name for them, Museau de Sange, which translates Ooh. to monkey lips. Oh, uh, I love that it's <laughs> a French name. Which I don't know why it's they call so it cool. monkey lips or monkey snout. <laughs> and what happens is the dolphin makes a click with the at least for when it's clicking anyway. And so clicks are mm-hmm. used for echolocation. Whistles are more for like social communication and stuff. But it will click mm-hmm. and that click then vibrates this body of tissue and fluid in front of it. And it's called the mm-hmm. melon, which I think is the coolest thing. The melon. Yeah. It travels through this melon. The melon is made Love up of that. different tissue uh, and different materials like Within its core, its core is a different material to the material outside of it. And this, what this means is that mm-hmm. the sound generated by the vocal folds, um, the beam of sound that came from it gets focused into a tight beam because of the way it travels through this melon, which means mm-hmm. the dolphin can create this really tight beam of sound that it can steer 
imagine you had like a little school of fish to your front, slightly mm-hmm. to the left. You're yeah. clicking away, scanning, uh, scanning in position. So you're moving your head left to right and you're clicking. Mm-hmm. If you had a really wide beam coming out of your head, beam of sound, mm-hmm. it would it would send sound out in all directions and it would reflect off something and come back to you. The echo would come back, but mm. you couldn't tell where it came from because you know that your sound went in all directions. If you have yeah. a tight beam of sound and you get a reflection and you knew that you'd steered that beam to your left and a reflection came back, then you mm-hmm. could say, oh, well... I, there's something on the left and then you turn left and swim and then you click again and now you might click mm-hmm. with the beam directly in front of you because now you've already faced the correct direction so it can do this stuff mm-hmm. which is great that that is a premise of echolocation you click you listen to reflections and that gives you information about your environment mm-hmm. for them they've got really sophisticated equipment in, or sophisticated processing ability so that they can pinpoint exactly where those echoes are coming from and then that's how they hunt Mm-hmm. and find objects that's how they can navigate and range so they know if there's an obstacle in their way they're so clever they would be able to tell the difference between a can of coke and a can of water you know they know the difference which we can't do that's which really tricky we couldn't for us. do yeah. yeah even with like it's some of the most sophisticated sonar systems we can't do that yeah. which would be really handy if we could because you know you could tell if you were getting a reflection from a big rock or a mine mm-hmm. and things like that yeah yeah um Listening to echoes is really important because it tells us about the spaces we're in and it's how we also design performance spaces. So you would design a symphony hall Mm -hmm. and you'd make a loud bang and listen to the reflections. And when those reflections came back, um, the timings of them Mm -hmm. would tell you whether you've designed it in the right way or not. Um, Also listening to what the reflection sounds like. And that sounds weird because if you do a clap, you'd think, well, a clap doesn't really have any tonal nature to it but actually if you do analysis on it it does all the sounds you hear around you aren't just single notes on a piano keyboard there are loads of different notes played together at once when i talk there's loads of different frequencies loads of different pitches coming together to make the sounds that i that come out of my mouth mm-hmm. so it's really important to listen to these echoes and we were talking about the reverberation chamber in there you know you start to tell the character of the room in that there's not much Maybe there's too much character because there's so many reflections. But if you're in a classroom, you don't want that many reflections because a teacher needs to have her voice or his voice intelligibly carry across the room to the student at the back Mm -hmm. and the front in the same way. Otherwise, if the student at the back gets all the reflections from all the walls and ceilings as it travels along the room, they won't be able to hear what the teacher is Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. Whereas the student at the front, mostly what they're hearing is a line of sound directly from the teacher's mouth to their ears going back to that sort of um concert hall and stuff that actually you do need some of those reverberations don't you you do need echoes yeah what is that balance this can be a problem you you want a room to be controlled and when i say controlled i mean you don't want echoes all the time you know imagine listening to a drummer just clashing cymbals the whole time you know it's just Siblings. like <laughs> yeah we have a drum kit in our house it's the bane of my existence okay. anyway <laughs> it's just noisy and imagine that in an echoey room you'd never yeah. hear the end of it so you have to design a room for its purpose if you're in a piano recital hall well mm-hmm. there are no speakers to amplify it it's not such a loud instrument 
So actually you need some surfaces to reinforce echoes so that someone at the back of the hall can hear it just as well as someone at the front or the middle. You want every position to have the same experience. So in that case, you would want lots of echoes, but not too many. Okay, so can I ask then, can you control the echoes? Because as you're talking about about this, I'm thinking about the Mexican wave and how (laughs) the Mexican wave travels... And yeah. I love that you did a mini Mexican wave by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still doing it by I'm myself. Just stop looking. Because I know you're not joining in. Um, so you got maximum waves and you're talking about if you've got a large audience, for example, mm. and the sound has to travel to yep. those in the back and you like don't my want... musicals. Absolutely. And you don't want to have the echoes that are bouncing around the room... But then I also add in the sound experiments that I remember doing when I was little when we were out on the school field and somebody clap and you have to time how long it gets to you hear the sound. Can you control the echoes so that the echo eventually reaches the people in the back in a way that you're not then at the front? So it doesn't. Do everyone's head in in the the front. How how do you control those echoes? Well, one thing. So if you go to office spaces or even in a school and you look up at the ceiling, there's usually those mm-hmm. like perforated tiles and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Those will have some acoustic absorption rating. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you're absorbing a lot of echoes, uh, a lot of sound that travels upwards mm-hmm. and you're stopping it from coming down further mm-hmm. along the classroom. If you have a problem, you might want to put some absorbent material at the back of the classroom so that by the time the sound reflects off surfaces and goes to the back to the students there, it doesn't then hit the wall behind them and come back forward. And come back, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you can control these echoes to an extent. You can even do things like, you know, I was saying if you have a smooth surface, a flat surface, mm. you get these things called specular reflections. So the, the sound hits it at an angle and it goes off in another the same angle it hit it. So it's kind of like cannoning the ball off the wall of a snooker table. Yeah, yeah. And... You sometimes don't want that because that means anytime sound hits at that angle, it's going to go in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so you'll get these hot spots of sound when sound reflects off the surface. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is diffuse that. So you have diffusion on the walls. So you'll make the wall very textured and contoured. See behind you, you've got the curtain drawn. Yes. It's not a flat surface. It's wavy. So if that was a hard surface but with that wavy profile, sound would hit it at all different angles But because it's not a flat surface, it might bounce off in a totally different direction. And that means the sound spreads more evenly across the room. And you don't get people sitting in one seat going, I'm getting a lot of reflections, echoes here. And then someone else going, I'm getting nothing here, Mm. you know. And so if you can get it to spread evenly, that increases the chances of everyone sitting in that area getting the same kind of experience of sound. And then soft surfaces are where you can then dampen. You know, yeah. absorb sound That's if you so think there's cool. too many reflect, too much energy going there. And so that comes into the image of teenage um, band room where they just put yeah. egg boxes, <laughs> mattresses, up on the stuff walls. like that. Yeah, <laughs> hard surfaces reflect sound. Soft surfaces absorb sound. And an egg crate isn't really soft. It, well, okay, it's pulp, cardboard bit, pulp. But, yeah. but there's no, there's yeah. no like squidgy material there. No, you know what. What you'd want is um, foam Mm -hmm. that is the shape of an egg crate, Mm -hmm. 
because then the foam itself would absorb the sound and the funny contoured shape, well, that would create the diffusion. So any energy that does bounce back out will go in different directions. Ah, so that's why if you look at proper sound absorption, not sound absorption, but sound stuff that you'd be putting in a room with podcasting. Yeah. You know, yeah. you look at that and they're well, all We hear about people doing podcasts from their cupboards and stuff because they need yeah. to absorb it with, like, blankets over their heads. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're, like, at a pinch, one of the best places to record sound would be facing into your cupboard. <laughs> so you'd have, you'd have, you'd open your cupboard doors, put the microphone in front of you, and behind the microphone would be all the, your clothes. Mm-hmm. So when you talk and the sound goes beyond the microphone, it gets absorbed by the clothes and doesn't come back to the microphone. Mm-hmm. So... Doing this podcast, we have Ben, who is fabulous, helps us with the editing yeah. and does all the sound engineering stuff. And so he goes, gives us the, I was going to say advice, but it's clearly pictures and instructions. <laughs> it's an idiot's um, guide to how to do it. Which is fine. And I'm sure yeah. there's lots of eye rolling and all the rest of it. But I'm also sure that he will pick up on things that we don't hear. Yes. So yeah. is that also training of ears mm. to notice differences? Yeah, I think... Um... You know, you have like pitch perfect people or whatever, and they're very well trained ears. So We're you say that musicians. my mind immediately went to the film with <laughs> all perfect, the acapella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was yeah. like, well, I can talk about this. <laughs> I've got knowledge. I've seen that multiple times. <laughs> was there yeah. anyone in there that was actually pitch perfect? Well, they were all actually singing, I believe. Oh, well, yeah, I know I they think, were singing, but was there I think Anna Kendrick can perfect? sing. Anna Kendrick is apparently she very did good. that film Into with the Woods. Justin Timberlake. And Trolls. And Trolls, trolls See, exactly, I've got yeah. knowledge. <laughs> you need musicals, I'm your girl. <laughs> yeah, so I guess there are people who are, like, really good at that. They mm. can pick up on things, and I think you could train yourself. Um, I think there is a bit of nature in it, as well mm. as nurture. And, oh, we uh, really want to discuss nature nurture at every possible opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you're not my child. Oh, you're not my real mum. <laughs> but, but um like some people I've worked with, when I was working as a consultant, mm-hmm. there were people who were solely assigned to the performance based design. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they've been in the business for so long. Yeah, they had this very these very well trained senses. They knew exactly what they were designing for and how to do it. And they could go into a room, um, and they'd listen to stuff and they go, actually, okay, this hasn't been designed as we wanted it. Let's change this stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, you don't even have to go into those spaces anymore. There's a really cool thing called an oralization, which is the acoustic equivalent of a visualization. Right. So you can design a space on software. Yeah. And then you can model how the sound will travel around that room. Mm-hmm. And then you set a source position, which would be on the stage. Mm-hmm. And then you'd set a receiver somewhere in the seating. And you can recreate a 3D sound sensory experience. Oh, wow. And then you'd go into a studio which had speakers all over the place and it would reproduce an accurate 3D sound field. Mm -hmm. So you could sit in the room. You could be like, look, if you were sitting here, this is what it would sound like. I was going to ask whether your hearing with age and the vibrations gets affected. Yeah. So your hearing deteriorates with age. Yeah. And the annoying thing is that your hearing isn't deteriorating across all pitches equally. Mm. Um, 
I know we've saved that sound that's played outside shops, and we just really? play it every night. No, we haven't. We haven't. That'd be really, really cruel. <laughs> we haven't so done that. We, we'll be so, but now I'm thinking about how cool that would be to do, and I could just it record it outside the shop. No, well, you can you're get old. an app. I'm old. Yeah, but you can get an app, a signal generator app, and then turn it up to like sixteen thousand hertz, mm. and that would be high enough. Put it on at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, and kids will just stay away from your house. (laughs) No, I'm thinking about outside their bedrooms. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah. Because they they use similar stuff for, like, mosquito deterrents and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And pet, cat and dog deterrents. You'll buy these devices that just ping out really high-pitched sounds Mm. that shouldn't disturb us because we won't hear them, but the animals will, and it should pester them. But um, I think they just habituate. I think they get used to it anyway. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't bother them. But yeah, your the your hearing deteriorates, and so now if I ever say frequency, that's just me using a scientific term for like pitch. But pitch is more a musical term that com, uh, mm. describes a combination of frequencies. Frequencies is a single. Imagine me pressing one key on a piano. Mm-hmm. It's a single tone. Is frequency the speed of the Mexican wave? <laughs> no, frequency. <laughs> is how many times the Mexican wave goes up in one second. Mm. Oh, my God. You did not just yeah. try and do a really yeah. fast Mexican wave by yourself. It's, lit- <laughs> it's telling you how frequent Gosh. the wave is occurring. Mm. So, hence frequency. So, And we choose one second because that's a standard unit. So, it's easy to measure mm-hmm. how many cycles per second these sound waves are doing. And if the higher the frequency, the higher pitch. And you can, you know, th- there's a good way of testing it. You do... You tap your pencil once on a table, and if you could, you could tap it 400 times in a second, and it would sound like middle A on a piano. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. that's a good way of trying to test it. I mean, that's we're not going to really be able cool. to do it. I can't, can't do that. Pencil, I'm afraid. And you wouldn't be yeah. able to tap it. You wouldn't be able to do it 440 times No, no. I mean, I can <laughs> but, give it a really good go. That is a really good one to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so going back to our tree and it falling and does it make it sound – so would that also mean that sound is personal in that some people would hear the sound before others because they mm. would hear more of the higher pitches than others? Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think, um, so without having to explain it all, but if you were to make a bang or a clap or a click and you were to do frequency analysis on it, mm. it contains loads of frequencies. Even though a click doesn't sound like it has any tonal qualities to it Mm -hmm. it has loads of frequencies in it and then it just depends on like the shape of the forest or the shape of the city that it has to travel through different frequencies will travel through that shape that volume of air Mm -hmm. um, more efficiently than others so you're right if if people's hearing it are hearing abilities are different some may hear it differently to others someone might hear it as just a low thud and someone might hear it as like a really crisp, bright bang. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good way to experience this is to watch a movie that came out recently on Prime Vi- Amazon Prime Video, if people have access to it. It's called The Sound of Metal. Um, and oh, I think I it's think fantastic this has come this. out. Yeah. Yeah, this movie came out, and it's really cool that it came out close to World Noise Day because mm. it's all about this drummer who has lost the ability to hear. He mm. gets this gradually well not gradually actually it was almost instantaneous this effect of hearing impairment 
I guess because he never wore earplugs playing, you know. Yeah. He, he played the drums. He never wore earplugs, listened to loud music and stuff while he was performing. And that damaged his hearing. And not only did it damage the little bit of high-pitched stuff at the beginning, but it started because he was he was traumatizing it so frequently at mm-hmm. such great effect it was damaging almost all the hair cells yeah except that part at the end the low stuff and in the movie they actually kind of put you in the ears of mm-hmm. him or put you in his ears rather so you can hear what it sounds like with his impairment and all you hear is this like really low frequent frequency mm-hmm. humming mm-hmm. this droning so all you can hear is the low frequency stuff happening and that it's like a filter it filters out all the high pitch stuff so if i'm talking you won't hear all the high pitch stuff but you might hear the lower frequency mm-hmm. components of my voice mm-hmm. but that doesn't give you the meaning it doesn't help you understand what i'm saying it might help you with like intonations or whether i'm angry or happy or sad mm-hmm. but the information of what i'm saying is up in the higher frequencies which yeah. you couldn't understand so that's a really good movie to yeah. watch if people have access to it but so there must be just a there is only a certain set of frequencies that are available that if yeah. everyone's using up all of those frequencies you can't tell between yeah. people. So you have like a cocktail party effect. Um and I think we are really, really clever. Our brains are amazing at like essentially beam steering. And what I mean by that is not only do you have a beam of sound coming out from your mouth but you kind of have like a rate, a radius of detection when you're listening with your ears. And what can happen is, and I have no idea how this works, but I think it's really cool. You're in a party, everyone's talking, you're talking to each other side by side. You can hear everyone else talking, but in some instances, you're able to kind of slightly block out what everyone else is saying Mm. and focus in on what the person you want to talk to and what they're saying. And I think that's, it's really clever that we can do that. Um, it's almost like there must be some kind of pattern recognition that your brain is doing. It's picking up the tonal qualities of the person you want to talk to mm-hmm. and it's focusing on that frequency content. As I said, everyone sounds different. So it's able to almost... The best way I can describe it is uh, in photography, you have like aperture and the lower the aperture number, the F number the blurrier the background is and the more in focus the front is. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's like, it's really good for portraiture. If you've got someone who's, I don't know, in front of a field of flowers, you want blurry flowers at the back and you want the person's yeah. face in front. It's kind of like that. It's like you want the person you're talking to in sharp focus and you yeah. want to make all the other voices blurry. It's kind of doing that. I don't know how it works, but it's amazing. So cool. Can we go back underwater? Oh, please. <laughs> underwater. Bubbles and underwater. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I want to know more about your research because you were saying you've researched bubbles and I yeah. see bubbles as bubbles. I don't <laughs> see them as sound. I see them as like blowing well, no, pretty I, bubbles. I think but bubbles I can... make, you know how when you're a kid and you're in the bath and you, you know, fart. I wasn't going to go for farting, Jesus. Were you not? I was going to go with when you put your mouth on the edge of the water and well, you, you blow and it makes all the bubbles. Cheat. Okay. Well, I wish I hadn't started this now. But yeah, you blow. (laughs) And you can hear the noise of the bubbles. Yeah. Yeah, the vibrations. Yeah. And when you put your head underwater. (laughs) Yeah. And you can hear the movements underwater. There is nothing I love more than the head underwater when I'm in the shower and I can hear everything, but also not. It's brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) So we can do an experiment. I've got, for the listeners, I've got a glass of water here. 
I've got a paper straw <gasps> and I'm going to blow into the straw after I put the straw into the water. Hopefully we can hear some stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's the noise. So, so what I want That is the, the noise that every parent dreads in the middle of a restaurant. <laughs> so now I want I want the listener to think about um what kind of bubbles they thought I was making there. What size? Ooh. What shapes? Um and now I'm going to get uh, a can of beer. <gasps> We've come so prepared. Look at this. <laughs> I'm going to open this. And and then hope I'll pour some in the glass and hopefully we can hear yeah. the bubbles in that. So we'll we'll make oh bump this microphone. Oh. oh and then I'll pour it into the glass. And then I'll hold the glass up to the microphone. Oh, it's like really faint, like a little Yeah, I don't think we can hear it. It kind no. of yeah. I just wanted to open a beer. Yeah. Um, but um, the, 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 the reason I do that, and I think people will be able to guess the sound that comes out of a liquid out of a can, right? There's a difference in the sound. So actually, you guys, why don't you describe to me, if you weren't watching me blow the bubbles through the glass, through mm-hmm. destroying the glass, what do you think, what kind of bubbles do you think I was making in that glass? What sort of sizes? Um, I would say about the size of a pound coin. Okay. Now it's let's... quite precise. <laughs> I'm thinking of baking knowledge. You know, when they say the width of a pound coin, I'm thinking, oh, well, it's yeah, about yeah. the height of half yeah, a pound yeah. coin type of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So with my training of communication and oh, here we go. <laughs> voice, yeah. my immediate was, well, any low sounding bubble is a big bubble. Uh-huh. And any high sounding bubble is a, it's a small, small bubble. bubble. Mm. Oh, you should just do my job then. You've nailed it. <laughs> 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 so big, big bubbles. But I compare and, them to dogs, you see. <laughs> Great. Well, but you're right. I blew big bubbles. And the reason you said that was because you heard these low frequencies, these low pitches. Yeah. Whereas when you open up a fizzy drink or a can of beer, you get this high pitch fizz. Mm. That's because there's tiny bubbles. The bubbles in the beer are nowhere near as big as the one I blew. So this is the fundamental behind bubble acoustics. It's that bubbles are like bells. So a big one... Makes a low sound and a little one makes a high pitch sound. And not only do they make sounds, but they absorb sounds as well. This is all to do with a thing called resonance. So, resonance is the frequency at which something likes to vibrate. Now, if you look up stuff like Tacoma Bridge on YouTube, you type in, you could literally just type bridge and resonance on YouTube mm. and you'll get videos of really bendy bridges, like they're a piece of rope or something. Oh, no. Well, like the, that. what was it, the Millennium Bridge yeah. in London. Is it the one that the Death Eaters destroy in Harry Potter? Is it that one? The Probably, yes, one. yes, yes. They hadn't factored in things like the resonance of the bridge. Mm. And people started to walk at the same, they were swinging, they were, their steps were like, they were exciting the bridge. They were moving the bridge at the right frequency, at the frequency that the bridge liked to move at. And then what happened was, in order for you to keep your balance as well, you can't oppose that swinging. So you have to walk in time with it. Well, that's only reinforcing the excitation. So the bridge then starts going really frantically left yeah. and right. So they had to take people off it and they had to design um, vibration absorbers for it. So mm-hmm. 
mechanisms to absorb that energy when people step on it and move it around. Essentially, it changed the resonance frequency of the bridge. That's clever. But there are frequencies that every kind of structure, even our bodies, we have resonance frequencies. Um, and I don't mean that in like a spiritual way. I mean like in a physics kind of way. Like so someone was shaking is, your body. This is like the whole, if you go around a glass with your finger. Precisely. And, you know, here we go. I don't know if it'll work on that glass, Sarah. Oh, no, a little bit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Now, if you sang that note, I can't. the glass would break. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I can't then, isn't it? But that's the whole thought. If you sang that frequency, yeah. it would then break. Well, this is interesting. That's really good that you did that. So you have this glass. Now, imagine that glass was the bubble. Mm -hmm. The glass has a resonance frequency based on its mass mm -hmm. and the stiffness of the material it's made from. And you excite it by vibrating it. When you're rubbing your finger around the rim of a wine glass or your gin balloon there, you're not just smoothly passing your finger over it. If you were to get a really slow-mo video of your finger on there, your finger would be gliding, then lifting off and gliding and lifting off and gliding and lifting off the glass all the way around the rim. If you have a slow-mo video of a violin bow being struck against a string, it doesn't yeah. have constant contact with the string it's lifting up and down off the string like it's plucking it like really mm -hmm. quickly mm -hmm. and that's what you're doing with the glass you're like plucking it really quickly as you pass it around and that's what's making the glass vibrate and what you're doing is your fingers going up and down off the glass around 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 in a circle at the same frequency that it likes to be vibrated at mm -hmm. so that's why you have to suddenly find the right speed to go yeah, around before yeah. it makes a sound and the right pressure and everything yeah. yeah so when you have a bubble it's a similar kind of thing it has a frequency that it likes to pulsate at imagine a gas bubble in water and it expands and contracts it has a rate of expansion and contraction that it likes to do mm -hmm. right and the bigger the bubble the lower that frequency and if you were to play that sound into the bubble, then it would respond to that. It would start violently pulsating or whatever, depending on how loud you do it. It would start dancing, basically. And when it does that, remember I was talking about how sound is energy. Yeah. Mm. So you've got a stationary bubble. You put sound energy into it and it vibrates. It's now taken that energy and it's using some of that energy mm. to move. Mm. Because it pulsates, it's like a loudspeaker pulsating, which means now it's giving off its own sound, mm -hmm. right? And it's gonna, it's pulsating at the same frequency that you put the sound in, so it's making the sound that you put in. Mm -hmm. So a bubble can absorb sound, it can re-radiate sound, it can reflect or scatter sound. When the bubble is generated, mm. when it's first made, it makes a sound. So if you have... Um, a dripping tap, the plinking yeah. is not from the sound of the water hitting the the water at the bottom of the sink. It's actually the droplet coming off the tap, going into the water at the bottom of the sink, mm. going into the water, and you get a you get a bubble that forms as it pushes through the surface. Mm -hmm. And the moment that bubble detaches from the surface and becomes a bubble in in the water. That's that moment it detaches, it rings. Mm. 
Mm. The sound that it rings with depends on the size. Same reason a babbling brook has this melodious oh, sound. Love a babbling it's brook. The, <laughs> oh. So those bubbles that it's the bubbles when the water comes over the stones, when they mm. hit and go into the surface and make those bubbles, they're what making they're they are what's making the sound mm. in the in the brook. It's not just the water thrashing mm. against water. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's the bubbles being formed. So these bubbles can make sound, they can scatter sound, and they can absorb sound. And we can do some amazing stuff with this, whether it's using bodies in the bubble to tear apart tumours, mm-hmm. using bubbles in streams of water sorry, to tear sorry. apart... Sorry, bodies in the bubble to tear bubbles apart... Bodies. <laughs> bubbles so, in bodies. <laughs> bubbles in bodies. Bubbles in bodies, which normally is a scary thought because yeah, people say bubbles it. in the bottle, you get the bends and... Yeah, if, yeah. If yeah. People, when people should dive and come up quickly, then... Basically, any gas that was dissolved in their blood or tissue would suddenly come out of solution, mm. expand and tear apart their organs. So what, what can be done is you can have bubbles form in a controlled condition so they don't get massive and tear stuff apart, but they just tear apart the part that you want it to tear apart. Mm-hmm. That's so clever. And I love the fact that you're like, yeah, I knew that. I watch I a lot that. of Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, I hate that it, but yeah. <laughs> oh, but that is so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, because I never knew that. I mean, the stuff there, tearing apart tumours, that's stuff that's really in, like, testing stage. That's all research stuff right now. Um, They can do some cool stuff like breaking apart blood clots in, like, 15 minutes. Okay, okay. So can I just ask, okay, because this is just messing with my head. Can I go back to if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound... Yes. If we're using all of these bubbles inside somebody and they tear apart things and all the rest of it, but nobody hears them, do they make a sound? <laughs> <laughs> um, or is it really sound? No, I th- so it depends. I don't know what pe- people, I don't know what people want to classify as sound. I think, I think it does make a sound. Mm-hmm. It's just not there for anyone to hear it. Right, because it's it's yeah. making an acoustic it's making an acoustic disturbance. It's making a pressure mm-hmm. um, fluctuation in the air. It's doing something in the air. It's doing something in the materials, and this energy is traveling out. It just needs someone to hear it, right? Yeah. So the question is: Is something a sound if someone is there? If someone hears it, is it is is a sound the thing we experience? Is it a per- perceptual thing? Is that the right word? Is yeah, it a perception? Yeah. Or is sound the word for the physical disturbance generated in a material or whatever medium? That's the question. And I think I think that's a question we're going to pick up on another podcast. Well, my takeaway from this episode is simply because... that the fish in Nemo who was really protective over his bubbles, you know, my bubbles, fair enough. Bubbles are important. <laughs> totally. And because that's what I love the fact that we've gone from this... Does a tree, yeah. To the fact that we've uncovered so much about sound and how it works and where it goes with the whole of the acoustics and how it mm-hmm. travels to bubbles, and therefore how they work and the sound. And then we've gone internally into a body to the same point as that big tree <laughs> of if the same kind of thing is happening, but internally, does it actually make sound? Yeah. And I, I think it can make a sound. It just no one's going to hear it because it's 
it's absorbed by yeah. the tissue that's in front yeah. of it, right? If anyone is interested, you can go on YouTube and type, search for ISVR Southampton. Um, that's ISVR is Institute of Sound and Vibration Research. And I, I've put on loads of videos for their channel mm. where you can do experiments at home and stuff, but you can also see some inventions that come from the department. And one that I do is affectionately known as the hot chocolate effect. And basically you get some boiled water. Yeah. You put coffee powder or hot chocolate powder in it and you stir it. And after you stirred it for like two seconds, you tap the base of the mug mm. and you keep tapping. And what you notice is that the pitch of the sound as you tap it for longer and longer periods, it goes up. So it's like... It goes up and up and up. And the reason is to do with the bubbles that you've made in that liquid because mm. there's gas that's dissolved in your tap water. When the water comes out the tap and mixes with the air, there's gas in it. And... When you boil it, you know water's boiled because it starts mm -hmm. bubbling. Mm -hmm. That's the gas coming out of solution. It's forming these, coming out and forming these bubbles. Well, when you have boiling water and you put powder in, bubbles like solid surfaces to collect against. Or the granules, they're the solid surfaces. So now the bubbles form there. Those Now you've got all these squishy bubbles inside the liquid. They slow down the speed of sound. Sound is slower in air than water. Mm -hmm. So now you've got all these pockets of air. The speed of sound goes down. As you tap it, more bubbles rise to the top and disappear. So now the water has fewer bubbles in it. Speed of sound goes up. And the speed of sound causes the frequency or the pitch to rise as you tap it. So that's what you're hearing. Now, that's really interesting and weird. Why is it useful? Well, humpback whales have known this for ages. So what they do when they hunt as a pod, they spew out these bubbles mm -hmm. as a net around the fish. And they'll make a sound directed at the bubbles. Because the speed of sound is slower in the bubbles, the sound gets bent yeah. back, back into the bubbly water. If it ever tries to get out into clear water, the sound gets bent back in. Mm. Um, so what they've realised is if I put sound into the bubbles, I create a net of loud sound around the fish. That's so, it's cool. not the, so cool. It's not the bubbles that are a problem for the fish to swim out of, but it's the loud sound. Yeah. They swim, yeah. they hear a loud sound. They school together and now the whales can just come up underneath with their mouths open and eat them. And then we, we've seen people using bubbles because they absorb sound. They've created an net around construction sites underwater to stop the sound getting out and disturbing marine life. So there's some cool stuff you can do just for, you know, it starts with a cup of coffee. We're going to have to end up doing a part two of sound. Well, yeah, well, no, I think we need to do a part two of bubbles. Oh, yeah. Whole episode on bubbles. Yeah, yes. absolutely. But thank you so us. much. Well, thanks for having me. This was really cool. It's been great fun and excellent gin. Really good well, gin. Thank you very much. Yes. I have really enjoyed it. Yeah. So much more long. I'm glad I didn't stick neat because I would have topped it up. And You'd drunk have been too sloshed much. right now, yeah. <laughs> well, what did you, did you just have a normal tonic? It looked like fever tree or something. Fever tree, refreshingly light. Yeah. But I would like to play with it because I think that slow could work really well with orange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the idea of making a an iced an iced yeah. sort of mulled wine kind thing with it. Yeah. That would be really good. Be with nice. lots of yeah. orange and spice. and You're getting carried away again. Rain it in. <laughs> right. We're going to leave you with your beer to finish off. Cleanse the palate <laughs> yeah. with lots of, bu of bubbles. Thank you so much. You. Take care. Bye. Bye.
learned. What, what we learned? have we learned? So our, our topic, predictions. Our topic was yeah. sound science. Our questions were: If a tree falls in the woods and nobody is there to hear it, I learned that my first thought was kind of correct. Yeah, yeah, which never happens. So I'm really pleased about that. Yeah, because it does make the properties yeah. of the vibration. Sound. And when we're looking at it from a science point of view, mm-hmm. it's making those um, frequencies, yes, making yes, those yes, sound yes. waves that yes, produce yes, yes, sound. Yes philosophically whether you hear it or not and whether it's well that's a whole right. different episode isn't it that's exactly. a whole different one does a duck's quack echo yes if you're in the whispering thing yeah if you're in a small space yeah because they're quite quiet yeah shy little ducks yeah exactly. and any sound can potentially echo in the right mm-hmm. place and we're gonna have to do a follow-up episode all about bubbles yeah totally yeah i am in or of people that produce um, places for music, you know, an, a, a concert hall. We know what places for music are, yes, dear. But to be able to get that so that everyone in the audience has a really good experience of the sound of that music must take so much thought and engineering. You, you're happy now? Well done then. Good. That was the end of series two. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're already several series deep because we've been recording still. Yay! Surprise! <laughs> There's another one coming. So we have, whilst you've been listening to series two, we've been busy getting ready for series three. Series three. But, you know, we do need a little bit of a break. I need a fuck off long break. A little bit of a break. I'm tired. Just... Yeah, get our heads together and, you know, because you may not have listened to all of Series 2 or even Series 1. And we've got little bits that we might want to share at some point. We, of course, will have some little favourite bits, bits that we didn't include in Series 2. So, yeah, we'll share some of those as you're waiting for Series 3. So, relax, maybe have a detox, maybe have a few more gins. (laughs) (laughs) and yeah listen take the time to listen to other episodes and then join us on series three and if you don't follow us on social media oh you got very aggressive with it there then do because then you'll find out when series three is about to come mainly on our instagram yeah yeah at topic gin at topic gin yeah anyway see you a bit we're off yeah see you soon you can have a nap now (laughs) boy